This is ContraZoom, where we go back and forth about film. I'm your host, Dakota Arsenault, and today's episode is presented by Aesthetic Magazine. Today isn't a regular episode, but instead some cool little bonus content. Since we have no full episode out this week, instead we're going to start a new series called Better Know a Contributor. And today, the first contributor we have is the one that you've probably heard the most on the show the last few years, and that is Stephanie Pryor. Stephanie, thank you so much for being my first Better Know a Contributor guest. Hey, thanks for having me be the first. Should I be honored, or are you just getting out the like least favorite ones out of the way? No, 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 no. Just the easier ones to get uh, out of the way before I have to go through my Rolodex and find the people that have been only on the show once. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're calling me easy? Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> so I sent you uh, 10 questions. Mm-hmm. And you can answer these with as much or as little detail. It's really just to kind of get to know you as a film lover. You don't really have to justify any more than you want to or need to. Uh, so, yeah, with, with that in mind, like, say what's on your mind about talking about movies. Because, you know, very often we have very such specific parameters of the mm-hmm. discussion that we're having. We don't often get to just talk about what our favorite and least favorite movies are. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, for me personally, I feel like my likes very widely on movies and usually I have very passionate feelings of whether I I love a movie or hate a movie Um, and sometimes I'm pretty indifferent but I usually have a specific reason why it's a favorite or a non-favorite and sometimes they're totally unjustifiable and sometimes they're just personal and sometimes they're just pure nostalgia as we'll probably find out later through your questions but Mm -hmm. um, I'm excited to talk about movies I am not like what I would consider a traditional movie buff. I love movies. I don't know a ton about them, but I, you know, I've seen a lot of them. And um, yeah, like I'm just an average movie watcher. I'm not any kind of critic. I have no credentials, but I, I do enjoy talking about them. You you say that, but I feel like sometimes you underestimate how many movies you've seen. Very <laughs> often, you know you'll be having conversations with, with me or with Sammy, another frequent guest or, or some other movie loving friends of ours. Mm-hmm. And we can like have these, you know, deep conversations. I remember you talking about while you were at work, you were talking about Japanese cinema or oh, something yeah. like that, or Korean cinema. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. And you were able to kind of hold your own with someone <laughs> from there. And, yeah. and I think they were quite impressed by it. So I think sometimes it's hard. You, you, you s- forget that there's the the forest for the tree sort of thing, however, however that metaphor sure. goes. And I f- sort of feel the same way. I know I told you, but uh, I've been a guest on the show called Please Watch This. Mm-hmm. And they call me their uh, movie friend who has seen every movie ever made. And I, I bristle that. I'm like, no, I have not. <laughs> but to them, you know, they think I've seen so much. Whereas I look at other people, I'm like, oh, man, I haven't seen any of this person, yeah. any of that person. So, you know, it's, it's all relative. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. I've seen a lot. I mean, I just, I just watch a lot of movies. I don't know if that makes Sorry. me a good movie. No, I enjoy it. It depends on the parameters of why I have to watch them or in what amount of time I need Sorry. to watch them. But um, I do love movies. Um, so it's definitely not a challenge to just sit down and watch them. All right. So let's get started with this. The first question I want to know is how many episodes have you been on? And I, I yeah. put a little uh, note in this where <laughs> I can provide the answer if needed. And for some people, it probably is going to be very easy where if their guests will be like, yes, I've been on one show. And so we could talk about that. Okay. But uh, you needed some help with that. And I think I'm right. I might not be right. But I think the answer is 25. 25? Yeah, I I think it's 25. We may have missed one or two. I don't know. How many shows have you had? 
I think I've produced 131 proper episodes. Okay, yeah. So it's still not a lot, really, when you think about it, but I think I am the most. I probably need to count between Andreas Babiolakis and yourself now because he was he was a big part of the original run, but he left kind of, you know, fairly early on now that the mm-hmm. show's been going on mm-hmm. for almost six years. So I'm wondering if he made it to that many. So it, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, you have to <laughs> let me know. Uh, All right. So of those 25 episodes, do you have a favorite guest appearance that you've been on? So some of them are hard to remember. I do remember my first one and how nervous I was. But one of my most favorite ones that I've uh, done is our Christopher Nolan ranking. And I just I enjoyed watching those rewatching those movies again and just talking about them. Christopher Nolan is one of my favorite directors, um, which we'll get into a little bit later. But uh, I just found it so enjoyable to just like dive deep into each of his films and just like have kind of a geek out sesh with you talking about all those movies. So that was episode 115. I'll be linked in the show notes for anyone to go back and listen to. Uh, but yeah, so I, I remember correctly, I think you had seen eight of the 10 movies previously. So only two of them were new. Potentially, potentially. I think it was, I think it was following and insomnia. I think were yes, the only ones that you hadn't right. seen. Yeah. So, so yeah, that really was like a true rewatch of everything yeah. for you. And, and it was also exciting because it was before we had seen tenant and I, w- I know how excited I was to see that. So like just going through all those movies and like getting all hyped up to go and see that was super exciting. <laughs> now I know you don't have your rankings in front of you, but if you if you did, where would you kind of slot Tenet in? Oh, I mean, you know, I should not have brought that up. Maybe I mean, maybe I, just I, number I mean, wise. Fielded that question to me. Um, you know, it'd probably be in the middle of the pack somewhere. Maybe a little bit slightly higher than middle. I really did enjoy it and I thought it was fun, but I think it deserves a rewatch before I give it... Mm-hmm. Uh, cemented number. I need to rewatch it too, but right now I would probably out of eleven, it would probably be like maybe nine. Oh wow, yeah, that yeah. low. It was just, it was just okay for me. Mm. Like I, I, you know, I really loved a lot of the, the effects, but I, we were talking about it after we saw it, and one of the things that I felt it was lacking was uh, a big gut punch ending right. where most Nolan movies, you know, you, you, there's a big twist, not necessarily like an M. Night Shyamalan twist, but you know, when there's a bit of a reveal to what the whole story yeah, actually a means. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, the movie with Tenet, you know, halfway through the movie basically restarts. So you know how it ends because you saw the ending in the middle sort of thing where time is a flat circle, blah, blah, blah. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, to get to in the weeds. Yeah. I guess we should have a, a Tenet uh, review maybe. Yeah, I we'll don't rewatch know. it and then talk about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, all right. This is an easy question, mm-hmm. probably a loaded question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I always hate answering this question. Yes. Favorite movie of all time. So it is a loaded question, and while I know you hate answering this question, I love answering this question. I do have a bunch of favorite movies, but by far, I have to say my favorite movie is Jurassic Park. Uh, both for nostalgic reasons. And also, I just think it's a fantastic film. It still holds up today. I think the acting is amazing. I love the script. I love the story. It's just a fun movie. And nothing beats the original. Nothing. Nothing even (laughs) comes close. Don't even argue with me. It's just the best. And I love it. You shouldn't use my name. Dodson. Dodson. We've got Dodson here. See, nobody cares. Nice hat. You're trying to look like a secret agent. You're right. Jurassic Park 2 and 3 are bad. <laughs> hey, <laughs> they're the only two that I consider in the Jurassic Park trilogy. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, it's probably the movie you've seen the most times, too, would you say? Um, yeah, probably. Because <laughs> I probably watch it once or twice a year. 
Yeah, so, so it's definitely up there. Mm-hmm. Um, movie you're maybe embarrassed to say you haven't seen? Like, I know that's another thing that's a bit of a loaded question. Yeah, it was a little tough to try and think of something because I think, like we have already mentioned, I've seen so many and seen such a broad range of movies that I kind of hit a lot of the, um, you know, most important to any genre. But I think out of the films I enjoy watching the most would be silent silent films, and I know I have a lot of blind spots there. So my most embarrassed to say I've never seen is probably Metropolis. It's Which a huge movie. Probably the most famous silent movie of yeah, all time. Yeah, so I definitely need to watch that. It's it's long, though, which is one of my least favorite things about movies. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> all right. You know, much along the line of favorite movie of all time where I usually have multiple answers. Favorite yeah. director. Yeah, so this one's heavier for me, for sure. I have so many favorite directors, um, but it comes down to two. Um, and I'm going to say that they're like two sides to one coin because I think they're very different and you can have different directors do different genres. So I'm going to go with Wes Anderson for kind of my more recent modern director and then Alfred Hitchcock for my classic director. I think Hitchcock is someone that, you know, brought me into movies. I remember watching some of his older, not even his most famous ones when I was younger, um, and just loving the suspense aspect of it and just the way things were shot. So that got me interested more into films and into noirs and more black and white films. And Wes Anderson is like a creature on his own. And I'm super excited to maybe dive deep into his filmography also. Which we're definitely going to do an episode. Yeah. We were supposed to do that for the French Dispatch which would have been out around now. Uh, so instead, we're going to have to wait till next year. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, those are those are who I would say are my favorite. I think I have to honorably mention Taiko Waititi because he's come into it as just as of late. I've seen a lot, I think almost all of his films. And uh, I think he's also just another, like, special creature that this earth has to offer us. <laughs> I th- yeah, I think the only one we haven't seen is Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Now, this show, we do tons of stuff about the Oscars and Best Pictures, mm-hmm. and you took over for the Best Picture Ranking Countdown. Uh, so you've seen almost all of them. I remember we just recently did the Best of the Best Pictures, and I think you would count it, what, like 77 or something like that of the 90? I don't even it was, it was pretty. It was much higher than we thought it was because you, you weren't, I thought you weren't watching all the ones at the beginning, but mm-hmm. you kind of, I guess, were. I kind of was just by proxy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and some of the ones that I didn't go back to rewatch, even when I still wasn't hosting, I had maybe seen already before. Mm, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so all that said, yeah. favorite Best Picture winner. So this is um, not as hard. I mean, there's uh, there's a bunch that are obviously great, but I think my most favorite Best Picture Oscar winner has to be Chicago. This is another movie that I watch maybe once a year. It's just... I love musicals. I love the 20s. I love everything about this movie. You know, two strong female leads. What can go wrong? It's funny. This movie uh, was our number one choice for the, <laughs> the decade it came in. and, and You're I got, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually got some flack on uh, the Hawkeyes podcast where uh, when I guessed it on that and, uh, and they sort of called me out for that yeah. where I, I, I think it was that. like, Moonlight, I was like raving about it. They're like, but didn't you just name Chicago yeah. the best picture of the decade? I was because like, you've oh. got some weird complicated formula. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and you and gave I, it like a perfect 10 yeah, or something. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I told you, I'm not a movie critic. I just, I base it off of emotion. And you know what? This movie gives me a 10 out of 10 feels. So what there can I go. do? All right. So on the flip side of that, uh, least favorite best picture winner of all time. Yeah. So this one was kind of harder for me to answer also. Because there's so many bad ones? There, well, there's, there's a few handfuls for sure. 
Um, and I was like struggling to whether whether I should pick one that's like the worst made or just one I liked the least. And I kind of went for like 50-50. You posed this question to me, like if two of these films that you're talking about are playing in a movie, which one would you least likely go to see then? So I would have to say Greatest Show on Earth because it's long, because it's boring, because it's pointless, and it's just a whole lot of nothing. And Charlton Heston yelling at people. Yeah, and uh, Jimmy Stewart is a clown. He can't even tell. So. Hiding his face because he was so ashamed of, of it. Because embarrassment. <laughs> so this should tell you enough right there. Have Whitey climb up and see if they're inside yet. How do you feel? Never mind that. Just take off. And see if the menagerie... Quiet, take it easy. Doc, maybe you can keep them quiet. I give up. You did a great job, Buttons. A great job. Thank you, Doc. It's my last. Looks like you ran into a little trouble. If I were in the junk business, I might make you an offer. Vultures even follow train wrecks. Raiden, you're all washed up. We'll give a show. Without an audience? Yeah, it's it's like a, a propaganda film made by the Ringling Brothers to promote <laughs> their circus. And it's as bad as what you'd expect a, a company that has no idea how to make movies if they were to pay for a movie. Yeah, like... <laughs> It almost felt like it should have been more of a documentary, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. A scripted documentary was weird. Yeah, definitely bad. Uh, all right. This is a bit of a, you know, something as a movie lover, it's not like we do it very often, but uh, what was the last movie you either walked out of or turned off? Yeah, so I rarely walk out of a movie for two reasons. One, I've paid to be there, so I'm getting my money's worth. And two, I usually don't pay for a movie unless I'm pretty sure I'm going to like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said, uh, turning off movies can happen quite a lot. I don't think I necessarily do it. I usually try and stick it out and or fall asleep through it. No big deal. Um, but I think the last movie I'm like, no, I can't watch this anymore. Had to have been High Life. The Claire Denis movie from last year. Yeah. And I was so disappointed because I was so excited for it and there was lots of hype and I'm a big Robert Pattinson, uh, non-Twilight fan. Um, like his more recent film, excuse me, films, but um, I don't, I just, I just not into it at mm-hmm. all. I think it's funny that we, we still need to couch the statement of, I'm a Robert Pattinson, <laughs> yeah. but not Twilight. Yeah. Like, lest I, anyone accidentally confuse you. I would like to stipulate you. that I've never seen any of the Twilights. And here I've one up to you and seen New Moon. Yeah. I got dragged to it by an ex and as soon as we got out my, of the theater, uh, she apologized to me. My sister was a huge fan and she forces my mom to watch. She oh forced God. my mom to watch them. And I think even my dad ended up watching them. And I think we were on a plane once to somewhere. I was like, okay, fine, I'll watch it. And maybe two minutes in, I swear, I turned I was like, no, I'm not watching this. You know what? I changed my mind. I can't do it. Um, so there, there's like an older one that I've turned off, but anyway, yeah. So, uh, I think he's great though. Robert Penson's great. Mm-hmm. So is Kristen Stewart. Yeah. How, how many, how many more great movies? How many times will they need to like be nominated for awards? Like, <laughs> is it when one of them get nominated for an Oscar that we can start saying, unironically, I love this actor without having to couch the no. statement of, except for Twilight? No, I think they'll always have that asterisk, you know? Really? Interesting. Yeah. I, I like I can't even think of Ooh, anyone else that has that like I know for a little bit like someone like Zac Efron was kind of doing some interesting movies and doing <sighs> some comedies and people would be like oh yeah I like Zac Efron not the high school mu- musical movies but like he yeah, never really maybe but really he yeah, broke has, out hasn't gone to the same range as Pattinson and yeah. Stewart for sure and I think someone that maybe has had a bit quite 
a diverse career as well as someone like Daniel Radcliffe. But Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone's like, I love Daniel Radcliffe, but you know, Harry Potter. Uh, Let's not talk about that. Because like, I think like people either they're, they're just fine with those movies or indifferent or they love them. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like either way you, you get people that either are indifferent to it or really love them. Whereas Twilight, everyone's like, don't tell people I like Twilight. Or you hate it. Or you, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Or you hide it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, uh, all right. Underrated movie, more people need to see. Okay, so I'm gonna go back to my Taika Waititi raving for a bit here. Uh, one of my first ones that I saw of his was actually called The Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, and two reasons I saw this: one, because uh, you told me to watch it, and <laughs> two, because Sam Neill's in it, and I love Sam Neill. Uh, another throwback to Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. but. Uh, it turned out to be a fantastic film. It turned out to be, you know, a gateway into more t- uh, YTT films for me. Um, it's heartwarming. It's funny. It's dark. It's, you know, it's, it's light. It's, it's got it all in there. And it's the, I think the casting was really well done. You know, that if you're ever in that situation, there are always two doors to choose from. And through the first door, oh, it's easy to get through that door and on the other side, waiting for you are all the nummiest treats you can imagine. Fanta, Doritos, LMP, Burger Rings, Coke Zero. But you know what? There's also another door. Not the Burger Ring door, not the Fanta door. Another door that's harder to get through. Guess what's on the other side? Anyone want to take a guess? Vegetables? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's one I, I really like too. And yeah, when you when most people, if they've seen any Taika Waititi movies, it's it's likely Thor Ragnarok and yeah. um, Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, like everyone talks about them now, but it's kind of I'm like, no, you have to go back and watch the older ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And even like even when you talk about older ones, though, they're like, oh yeah, um, like Eagle versus Shark. I'm like no, 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 that one. And they're like, oh, uh, what we do in the shadows. I'm like, no, 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 in between. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. What what we do in the shadows is definitely really grown in stature, especially yeah. with the with the TV yeah. show. It's more. It's definitely I think in the the cult classic category mm-hmm. where you know most people still don't really know it. That's a, that's the type of movie where I like feel pretty safe recommending it to anyone. Yeah, because like it's while it is kind of scary at times, it's not really. And the comedy is so broad and, and pretty inoffensive that, like, you can't be offended by anyone. Like, because comedy is so subjective where it's like, well, what kind of comedy movies do you normally like? Yeah. If someone's like, what's a good movie to watch? Easy. Yeah. What we do in the shadows. Yeah, it's just entertaining. <laughs> That's an easy one to go for. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I've recommended it to at least, like, three or four people and everyone has and come everyone back to me like, oh, well, that's yeah. fantastic. Thank you yeah. for telling me about it. <laughs> uh, all right. And then the last question, what's an unnecessary hot take you have about a movie? So, as I mentioned before, I usually have a lot of passionate reasons why I don't like a movie, but those are all, like, strictly emotional, so I won't get into those, but I think one of my hot takes is that I didn't enjoy A Marriage Story. I know it was such a big hit, and uh, especially with critics, and they loved Johansson and Adam Driver and, you know, everything that that movie had to offer, but I found that it didn't offer me much, um, while I love Adam Driver um I don't know I just I thought this was just okay it didn't offer me anything new that other movies like it such as Kramer versus Kramer which is of course the you know popular uh one-to-one to to uh compare it to compare it to but 
you know, I w- it was a little confusing for me. I wasn't sure whose side we were supposed to be on, if we were supposed to be on anybody's side. But it felt like the movie wanted you to be on Scarlett Johansson's. Uh, sorry, I can't remember the characters' names right now. But, like, on her side. But every decision she made seemed to be, like, the wrong decision or a mean-spirited decision. And because you didn't get to see any of their life before um, all of this started taking place, you just you didn't understand if Adam Driver actually was as bad as she's claiming that he is or that you're supposed to be supposed to believe. So it was just like emotionally confusing for my brain to be on either one of these side. And when I felt like I was siding with one of them, it was Adam Driver and I was angry for being on his side because like you were believing what she was saying, mm-hmm. but you didn't see it. So I think it's one of those things where, you know, they, they really wanted it to sort of be where you can fall on either side. And anytime you start to siding with one of the characters, that's the moment that they pull the rug out from under you. And the movie starts off with I'm driver's character committing infidelity. And, you know, unless we're talking in the realm of like some sort of abuse or something like that, mm-hmm. that's about the worst thing you can do in a relationship. So automatically we're like, all right, so he's at a 10 of yeah. bad things you can do in a relationship to ruin them, to hurt someone, to mm-hmm. destroy their lives, things like that, blah, 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 blah. And so then they had to basically try to balance the scales. But the problem is it just kept adding more and more things to Scarlett Johansson's character speaking. Like every time she would, you know, purposely do something that was mean spirited, it was like, well, the flip side is, but he cheated on her. Yeah. But he cheated on it. It was the same. Like, okay. And so you keep going back to that well, and you can only go to that well so many times before you kind of get numb to it. It's like, yeah, yeah, he cheated on He's a bad person. And like, look, I get it. I would probably do all the same thing she did, (laughs) like if someone did the same thing to me. But it was just like as a viewer, I I found it so hard for her to be a likable character. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there was Adam Driver's character who was trying everything just to be with his son. And you're like, well, how was that bad? I don't know. It was very confusing and angering and also just... I don't know. It just didn't do anything for me. And yeah. I know there were, like, big emotional scenes that were supposed to be, like, oh, like, gut punch. But they just weren't for me. I don't know. They felt kind of too staged. They felt kind of too cliche. They felt just too, like, worked. I don't know. So, so that's my hot take. So what you're saying is you don't want Adam Driver to crush your larynx. <laughs> oh, I'm fully on board with uh, John Oliver's take on <laughs> Adam Driver. <laughs> All right, so there you have it. This is the very first guest appearance of Better Know a Contributor. Thank you, Stephanie, so much for being the first. I appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. So uh, if you are angry at any of her hot takes or movies that she walked out of, please direct all hate mail to her. Uh, and otherwise, you know, follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ContraZoom Pod. Uh, thank you to Eric and Kevin Smale for the theme music and Stephanie Pryor for the logo design. That's you. That's me. Thank you to Aesthetic Magazine for presenting the show. Please visit ContraZoomPod.com for all your CZP needs and bookmark it as I will be adding lots of cool content to it over time. If you can rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, send me a screenshot. ContraZoomPod at gmail.com and I would really appreciate that because I will send you some cool stuff in the future. Um, Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We are going to be back to our regular scheduled programming next week. I'm going to give you a preview right now. It is the A History of Neon Films. So continuing our series of A History of A24 and A History of Criterion Collection, this charts the rise of the latest distributor to really hit the mainstream, and that is Neon. So make sure you look for that next week. Bye. Mm-hmm.